New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones is practicing these days with a lot more swagger. We're going to take a look at his performance thus far in training camp and why he's on a quest to silence those remaining critics he has. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena. Happy to have you with us as we start a brand new week here on the Locked On Giants podcast. It's today's Monday show. So this is for August 7th. And I want to welcome in all my everydayers my first timers and everybody in between. And I also want to send a shout out to my subtexters who I hope you enjoyed the special video that we did over the weekend. So happy to have you with us on today's program, which is brought to you by bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter the promo code locked on NFL for a white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, we got a full show as always, as we always do here. And we're going to kick things off by talking about New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, Dan the man. You know, I've been watching him very closely in training camp, the training camp practices that I've been to. And I have some thoughts about how he's grown, not just in this offense, but just overall as a quarterback. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well as This quest that he's on, although he won't admit it, but there is a quest to kind of silence the critics somewhat. And then we'll talk about some pressing remaining questions. Now, this week, the Giants start their preseason schedule. They'll be in Detroit to face the Lions. And uh, remember, the Lions are a team that beat them last year, but uh, the Giants will be in Detroit. They'll have two practices with the Lions And hopefully we'll start to get some answers to some questions that these first nine practices of training camp just haven't quite addressed yet. And then finally, you know, for as good as training camp has been for the Giants and a lot has gone right for for the team, there's been a few things that really haven't gone right. So we'll, we'll just briefly touch on that, you know, not to end on a down note because they're not horrible, but. We have to, you know, look at the good as well as the bad. So that is today's agenda. Again, thank you for joining us on the Lockdown Giants podcast. We're going to get things going. Dan the man, we'll start with him. Now, I find that uh, as the the weeks and the months go on, the Daniel Jones detractors are becoming fewer and fewer. But they still exist. And in response to a couple of podcasts that I posted about how good Daniel Jones has looked throwing the ball, I've had a couple of detractors come back at me and say, well, duh, he's not getting any pass rush. Nobody's getting in his face. He doesn't have to worry about getting hit. Talk to us when there's a pass rush. And that's a fair statement, sort of. But I want to take this opportunity to kind of give you a little bit more insight as to why I'm I'm kind of crowing a little bit about Daniel Jones and why I like what I have seen from him. All right. I want to start with just his overall demeanor here. 
Now, it's interesting because after Daniel Jones signed that big contract earlier in the year, some of his teammates were asked if it's changed him, if he has that swag to him. And a lot of his teammates are like, nah, he's still the same Danny Dimes he always was and whatnot. But you know what? You watch him on the field, folks. And to me, at any rate, to my eyes, it's pretty clear it's not the same Daniel Jones. You're seeing, or at least I'm seeing a guy who is more comfortable in the system, who's more decisive, who has really found his voice in this offense. Um, I almost see, and I know I'm going to get get uh, people pushing back on this, and I don't mean to compare them, you know, apples to apples, but I see traits of an Eli Manning here. Eli, when he stepped on the field, he was comfortable in the system. He made correct decisions most of the time. He took control of the huddle. You know, he wasn't afraid to pack guys on the rump if they did well or get in their face if they didn't, you know, doing so discreetly sometimes. I see a lot of that in Daniel Jones. I just see a guy who is just, he's playing with swag, swagger. You know, he's hes just, he's, I don't know, what's the, what's the right word I want? I, I, more confident, more comfortable. You know, this is a system, remember, that the Giants created to emphasize his strengths and downplay his weaknesses. And this year, as we all know, they've been opening things up more for Daniel Jones. They've taken some deep shots down the field. And that's, to me, I think that's a big reason why Daniel Jones looks like he's just practicing so much better. Because think about this, you know, prior to Brian Dable and Mike Kafka getting here, Jones was constantly reminded, don't make a mistake. You know, if you're making mistakes in practice, chances are that's going to transfer over to to, uh, the regular season games. Not necessarily. By taking those um, constraints off of Daniel Jones, they're letting him air it out, see what works, experiment a little bit, and not have to worry about having a coach get in his face because, oh my God, Daniel, you threw an interception. What were you thinking there? No. So Brian Dable, you know, to his credit, has taken an you know the opposite approach to the previous coaching staff. And Daniel has responded. He's looking more comfortable, like I said. He's he's just operating that that huddle with swagger. And I've, you know, I've asked a few of his teammates, you know, kind of like off the record here and there. And I said, you know, do you notice a difference in Daniel this year? Does he seem more confident? Is he playing with a little bit more of an attitude? What have you seen? And and the general response that I get back, the consensus is yes, he's more comfortable. You know, the contract is, is taken care of, but that doesn't mean he's sitting back on his rump and, you know, content. He said he's not content. He still comes to work and works his tail off. He, you know, he puts his money where his mouth is. If he's going to expect his teammates to be in the right place, to do the right things, he, as a leader, is setting the example. And a lot of his teammates have, have commented about that to me, saying that, you know, this is a guy who, you know, we would run through a brick wall for this guy. So between that, the respect that he has of his teammates, between, you know, the ability to for him to, to look more comfortable in what the coaches are asking him to do, you're seeing a whole new Daniel Jones here. 
And, you know, Daniel will probably be the first to tell you that he doesn't care about what, you know, people outside of 1925 drive, 1925 Giants drive, excuse me, think about him. But you know what? There's that little tiny chip on the shoulder that he has. He won't admit it, but you can kind of see it. And he's just playing with that chip on the shoulder like, you know what? I can be just as good as anybody if I just do the right things, if I work at it, if I just, you know, if I just, if I'm not afraid to take chances. And, you know, folks, we talk, you've heard me talk about how good the receivers have looked, how good Jalen Hyatt has looked, how good Daniel, uh, Darren Waller has looked, how good, um, you know, Isaiah Hodgins has looked, Darius Slayton and so on and so forth. Those guys, yes, they, they've looked good. But, you know, it all starts with the quarterback. The quarterback getting the ball to those guys at the right spot, putting it where only they can catch it, all right? Being accurate, which Daniel Jones has been going back to the spring, not being afraid to take chances, you know, like, okay, wow, Darren Waller is double covered, so I'm not going to throw there. No, you don't see any of that. This is what you see It's different about Daniel Jones. You know, is he the same guy? You know, he'll, he'll say he is. You know, and and maybe, you know, generally speaking, he's the same guy. But in terms of his football uh, personality, if you will, you see a big difference. I think you will see that as we get into the the regular season games. I don't know how much he's going to play in the preseason. Um, My early guess is they probably won't play the starters that much in this first preseason game. But we'll see. You know, that decision hasn't been made. And plus, we'll talk about the preseason game. In, in an upcoming show, but Daniel Jones, folks, just something different about him. Danny Dollars, right? No longer Danny Dimes. He is Danny Dollars, Dan the man. And isn't it nice to have a quarterback who's not afraid of his own shadow, who's willing to take chances, who, you know, just takes command of the, of the offense and the huddle. And you just kind of, you know, there's a calming effect to that. And whether you like Daniel Jones or you don't, he's your he's the quarterback of this team. So they're going to ride or die with this guy. And maybe it's just a gut feeling here, but I think they'll ride with him. I really do. You know, so um, I know there's still Daniel Jones detractors out there who are going to say, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced." Let's let's see how you feel. You know, as the season unfolds. And how the Giants do. Let's see how they do. You know, I'm optimistic. I know the Giants are optimistic. His teammates are optimistic. Jones is optimistic. You know, and and we'll just see how it all plays out. All right, folks, coming up next, there's still a few pressing questions that, you know, for all the questions that are starting to get answered in training camp, there's still a few pressing questions that haven't been answered yet. And we're going to talk about them right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you are looking for the most comfortable pair of pants or shorts that you'll ever wear, then you got to check out Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are not only comfortable, but they'll make you look good, too. Their stretch cocky shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And unlike other shorts and pants, Bird Dogs aren't made of that stiff, restricted cotton. Bird dogs are made with a cloud knit fabric that looks just like cocky, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit 
without having to sacrifice movement. And best of all, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I just ordered another pair for my husband and he absolutely loves them. They have become his favorite go-to apparel, whether he's sitting upstairs in his office or he's working around the house. And if he likes them, I know you will too. And right now, Bird Dogs will send you this free white tech hat with your order. To get it, just simply go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL or enter promo code LockedOnNFL to get your free gift with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL or promo code LockedOnNFL for this free white tech hat. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and we have made it to the first week of the preseason. The Giants and Lions will have a couple of joint practices starting on Tuesday. They'll practice Tuesday, Wednesday, day off Thursday, or actually not a day off, but no media access on Thursday, and then the preseason game on Friday. So we will, of course, bring you all the latest from Detroit. And, of course, we will also cover the preseason game because there will be a lot to talk about, I'm sure, after that preseason game is played. So thank you again for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. All right, let's turn the page now and talk about some questions that just don't seem to have any clarity. Now, by this, I mean, okay, look, the Giants have had nine training camp practices. So to expect every single question on the roster to be answered, that's unrealistic. We are getting some clarity on some of the questions that this team came into training camp with. For example, who is going to be the starting center? Well, there was literally no way other than maybe an injury that it wasn't going to be John Michael Schmitz, despite the fact that they've done some rotation here. We didn't know about, you know, the starting safety next to Xavier McKinney. And that looks to be Jason Pinnock's role to lose. Another thing that we weren't sure about, inside linebacker. Who's going to be inside linebacker two? That's still kind of up in the air. But, you know, if I had to take a guess and say, you know, who had the competitive edge there, I'd say Darian Beavers probably has it. But there are still some question marks that right now, if you were to run down this list and say, Pat, what do you think? I'm going to sit here and tell you, I have no idea. And I'm going to start with obvious, the obvious one, and that's receivers. So the Giants have this collection of receivers, and they can all do different things, play different positions, and bring different talents to the, to the, uh, to the table. So what's the final group going to look like? You know, I think we we all know Jalen Hyatt's going to make it. We know Isaiah Hodgins is going to make it. Darius Slayton will make it. Paris Campbell will make it. So that's that's four guys right there. Will Sterling Shepard make it? He should, you know, but will he? We don't know. Will Jamison Crowder make it? He, You would think he might, you know, given that he can do uh, punt returns. But, again, we don't know. Will Colin Johnson slip onto the roster? What about Bryce Ford Wheaton? So there's just no clarity there right now. And I think the preseason games are going to give us the clarity that we need as to 
maybe how these receivers are going to take shape as a, as a unit. So that's probably the biggest question mark um, I would say going in. Now this 1A in terms of the biggest question marks, you know, receivers, number one, 1A, the interior of the offensive line. So we're still no closer to figuring out who the left guard is going to be. Is it going to be Ben Bredesen, who's been playing, by the way, up and down that offensive line? He's played left guard, right guard, and center, you know, getting him more experience so that if, you know, they, they need him to step in, he can step in. You know, you don't have to worry that, oh, he hasn't played right guard in God knows how long, or, oh, he's only played 30 snaps at center. So they've been getting him some valuable practice snaps. But who's going to be that left guard? Is it going to be Joshua Zudu, who I think it's going to be? Is it going to be Bredesen? Is it going to be somebody else? I don't know the answer. I don't think the coaches really know the answer. I think they have a rough idea how they think it's going to play out. But do they have a definite answer? Probably not. Probably not. So that's question number 1A. The next question, obviously, inside linebacker two. So who's going to be Bobby O'Karake's partner in crime? Is it going to be Darian Beavers? Or is it going to be Micah McFadden? Or is this kid Deontay Johnson who has, you know, we're not talking about a whole lot, but who has looked good with his ops? Is he going to slip in there? And maybe grab some some snaps. That's a question. Outside linebacker. I still don't know how this depth is going to play out. I mean, Ojulari and Thibodeau are set as the starters. But who's number three? Who's number four? You know, is number three going to be Hottie, Jihad Ward? Is it going to be O'Shane Zimenez? Is it going to be this, this guy that they signed at the starter camp, Tashan Bauer? Is it going to be, you know, Baldonado, the undrafted rookie free agent? Your guess is as good as mine. It might even be somebody, you know, who's not on the roster yet. So that's going to be interesting to sort out. Running back, you know, we know Saquon's going to be the starter. Matt Breida is going to be number two. You figure, where's Eric Gray going to fit in? Is he going to be number three or is he going to be number four? Are they going to go with four guys or are they going to go with three and keep one on the practice squad? And if so, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Brightwell, Ja'Shawn Corbin, James Robinson? So that still needs to be sorted out. And then there's one other thing, uh, area that I feel we're not talking enough about that probably needs to be sorted out. Who's quarterback number three? Now, they have Tommy DeVito on the roster. He's been working with them all throughout camp. And it was interesting. The Giants didn't add a fourth quarterback to the training camp roster. They just went with three. DeVito, as I watch him, he's got a decent enough arm. He's got good mobility. But my gosh, every practice, I write this in my notebook, just about every series he's in, he holds the ball way too long, which means he's still learning the offense, still trying to develop a feel for it, or he's just not trusting what he's seeing. And, you know, before you say, well, who cares? It's quarterback number three. God forbid there's an injury at quarterback one. 
Now quarterback three becomes quarterback two, and he's one injury away from going in the game. And with that new rule change that allows teams to have three quarterbacks, you want to have a solid option. Not, you know, I, I question whether you want to have a, a developmental guy there. You know, do you maybe add a fourth guy and say, okay, you know, we'll add a veteran, somebody who's been there, done that, and then we'll, you know, we'll keep a guy like DeVito around to develop him. So that's a little bit of a question mark for me. And then, folks, i got to give you the, the biggest one. Not on offense, not on defense, but on special teams. Who's going to return punts? All right. Kickoffs. They've been working Eric Gray a lot at kickoff return. All right. And, and again, you've got that new kickoff rule to where, you know, is it that big of a deal? I don't think it is. But who's the punt returner? Is it going to be Jamison Crowder? Are they going to look at, I don't know, J- Jalen Hyatt? which I don't think will be the case. Would they look at a Dory Jackson again? I don't think that will be the case. You know, Darnay Holmes, might that be his ticket to, you know, stay on the roster? We don't know. We haven't really, you know, seen anybody jump out in that role that makes you say, oh, wow, they got something there with this guy. And that's an important role because, Obviously, you know, a punt returner can help you flip the field in your favor, give you a shorter field to work with. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. So a lot of questions still not answered, hopefully will be answered over the coming days and weeks as we get through the preseason games. It's going to be fun to track it, folks. I mean, uh, obviously, when I do the the, uh, game recaps with you, I'm going to uh, talk about that and I'm going to give you my thoughts on what we see and how it might be shaping up. So that's why you'll want to keep it here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. (laughs) All right, folks, coming up, the Giants, by all accounts, have had a pretty good summer so far, but there have been a few things that haven't gone right. And we will talk about those right after this. Hey, Giant fans, football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, overs, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. Again, thank you for joining me on today's show. Appreciate you. You guys have been absolutely fantastic with the views, the comments, the feedback. And uh, before I get into this last segment, just real quick, um, I want to remind you about our subtext community. You can continue the conversation about Giants football with me one-on-one via subtext. Visit joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants for more details. Basically, free to try for 14 days. If you like it, do nothing and pay $4.99 a month. Plus whatever carrier fees, your your carrier charge uh, for message and data rates. Um, 
If you don't like it, you just simply cancel before your 14 day trial is up and you owe nothing. But it's really a cool feature. It allows me to communicate, you know, send out broadcast emails to my subscribers. So I try and give you guys like um, exclusives, you know, little tidbits that maybe I don't put on social media or talk about here on the main podcast. I've also started doing exclusive videos for that group, Q&As, and there'll be some other stuff that I'm going to be rolling out for the subtext community, which is growing, by the way. So hopefully you'll check it out. Give us a try. And uh, we'd love to have you. And oh, by the way, you can also text me one-on-one. And a lot of the subtext subscribers have done it. And I do take, you know, a couple times a day at least. I check those messages and I try to respond as best as I can. So check it out. Appreciate you. Let's get into this next segment. So the Giants, as we know, have had kind of a uneventful um, start to training camp. The Saquon Barkley situation, that drama was avoided. Um, You know, really no knock on wood, knocking on wood as I say this, no major injuries to, you know, that can alter or alter um, the particular position group. Um, They did lose J.C. Hassenauer, which was unfortunate. He was a reserve offensive lineman. Um, but there's a few things that kind of haven't, you know, gone right. And I just want to talk about them real quick because I'm curious to see how they work out. The first thing I think we've got to talk about is Evan Neal's concussion. Now goes without saying that a lot of us, myself included, wanted to see what Evan Neal was going to look like against live competition that wasn't his teammate, right? So I was really looking forward to seeing how Evan Neal would do against the Lions this week in scrimmages and whatnot. And, you know, as I record this, I don't know where he is in the protocol, but as of Sunday, no, I'm as of Saturday, sorry, the days start to run together uh, when it comes to training camp. As of Saturday night, I don't remember seeing Evan Neal out on the field. And usually... When they're not out in the field, that means they're not that far along in the protocol. So if Evan Neal makes it out onto the field for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, that's a sign that he's advancing in the protocol. But even so, I would be surprised if he does much, if anything, against the Lions. And I was really kind of looking forward to seeing him do something just to test out his, his, uh, his new technique, his new stance and everything, just to start really seeing it at, at that game speed. So that's been a little monkey wrench thrown into the plan, so to speak. The other uh, monkey wrench thrown into the plan is some of these guys who are on pup that I'm kind of concerned about. All right. Now defensive tackle, a Robinson, he should be fine at some point. And he's a veteran. So I'm not really as concerned there, but I sure would have liked to have seen Aaron Robinson, the cornerback, who I thought would, you know, compete for the slot cornerback position. He's still sitting on pup, and I don't know when he's coming off pup. I I don't get the impression it's going to be, you know, today. Although, who knows? Brian Daple's been very secretive about that. Um, Wandale Robinson, we knew he was going to sit on pup to start training camp. Um He's probably going to stamp up and just, you know, the whole thing with these puppies, if you will, 
is the more time they miss, the further they kind of fall behind. And then to get them back up to speed, you know, now you're getting into the season by the time some of these guys might be ready to go, or you're getting close to the season. And now they're behind everybody. So, you know, I get it that the season's a long one, but you kind of wish that the pup list wasn't quite as long as it was. They started out with six and they're down to five, if I'm not mistaken. So that's probably something that we could say didn't really go right. You know, especially considering that the Giants are a team that is unfortunately known for having a lot of injuries. So that's something you want to see for a team with that kind of, you know, track record. What else hasn't gone right? Let me think about that for a second. I mean, you could say the Saquon contract situation, the fact that he didn't get the long-term deal done. And that means that we're going to have to go, probably have to go through this song and dance again next year. But that's off in the distance. And, you know, what's done is done there. But I would say really those other two points that I mentioned um, are, are two things that if you're looking for an imperfection on the Giants training camp so far, those would be the two main ones. And I get it. Look, pup lists, you have that every year. But some of these guys you really kind of hoped would be ready so that you could see the full effect. Now, I can say that a lot more has gone right for the Giants, you know, and, and I know that's not really part of this segment, but if you want to offset it, you can say the run defense has looked a lot better. You could say the, the explosive pass pe- play potential is there. You know, you could, again, you could say that knock on wood, no major injuries to any of the key starters. Um, so I, I just think that, you know, it hasn't been perfect, but all things considered, I've been at camps, training camps where it was one injury after another, after another, or there were fights, training camp fights, which we haven't seen, by the way, we haven't seen any fights. So kudos to, to the Giants for being disciplined. You know, Brian Dable basically told them, don't fight with each other because that would be a penalty in the game. Not to mention it would probably set, cause uh, Dable to blow a gasket. So they've been very disciplined. And oh, by the way, that discipline is going to come in handy because you don't want to have the undisciplined penalties. So that's a, a good thing. So yeah, I mean, just overall, the what hasn't gone right, they're so minor, but look, there's no such thing as perfection. And I just wanted to quick mention those. But overall, I'd say through nine practices, it's been a very positive camp. It's, and somebody asked me, I think it was on my subtext community, have I ever remembered a camp being like this where it just seemed to be running so smoothly and, you know, have so much optimism? I would have to go back to 2008 maybe to say that. You know, that was the year the Giants, they were coming off the Super Bowl victory and they were even better in 2008 at least until the Plaxico Burris accident kind of knocked them off the rails. But yeah, it's been a while. So hopefully folks, bigger and better things ahead for the Giants. Again, this week they're in Detroit, Detroit Rock City, to all my KISS fans. Um, (laughs) They're in Detroit to face the Lions two practices. There'll be one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. 
no practice uh, open to the media on Thursday. I think that's a walkthrough. The game is Friday. Keep it here all week long on the Locked on Giants podcast as we bring you updates on all that and more and everything in between. And if we have any breaking news, we'll make sure we get a short out to you on our YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out as well. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Giant fans, we will see you again tomorrow.